Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. And I am honoured and privileged and very glad to be joined by Jonathan Nimalu, um, bass baritone. Morena. Hi, how are you? Morena. I'm very good. And yourself? Yeah, good. Nice, crisp, needed morning. Yes, that's the way we like it. Welcome <laughs> back to Otipoti, although you've been here for a while. Oh, you've been back in the country for a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, I've been back since the end of January. Did my tour of duty two weeks mm-hmm. uh, up in Mount Wellington. Mm-hmm. And then I've been based here ever since. Yeah, nice. And how is it being homed? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, you can't put into words how... Um, Dunedin's just all gone a bit cool. You know, it's got everything now. It's got um, kind of high tech, it's got culture, it's got history, yeah. architecture. Yeah, it's just, just, I'm really feeling it right now. Yet it looks the same. Yeah, for example, the canvas looks the same, and there's some little shiny bits where yeah, they've yeah. got a bit of aluminium and did their thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just love around the clock tower in Marama Hall, and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm, I feel old when I'm walking around here, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and what about the now? like, and the family? How, how are they enjoying it? Are yeah, the kids so, here as well? Yeah, or? so my, um, my wife, uh, Sandra, and the two kids, um, Bella and Josh, um, are here. Josh is at my old school and up on the hill, Tiger Boys, year is nine. Is he? A couple of months, a couple of terms there. How can and, you do um, that to him? <laughs> I felt an obligation. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're settled into life, you know, minor pool and, and time zone and, yeah. you know, kind of all that. We live out in St. Clair, so, you know, always at the beach and, and mm-hmm. you know, getting out of the mornings. Way. Yeah, exactly. I can't swim on the sea. Right, you are a, a bass baritone, um, so, you know, low and middle, middle range notes. Um, but what about before puberty? Um, yes, you, I you, sang as a boy soprano. Yeah, you know, yep, so will Yeah, really? Where about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tahuna? And to be there, ah. I, I took out the Coral Festival t- both years I was there. Oh, uh, all right. No, yes, okay. No, I should be interviewing <laughs> you. Critically acclaimed. Um, yeah, no, I just love the fact that everything just seemed normal here in a way. Yeah. Oh, you've got a high voice and you're a boy. It's totally cool. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I just feel there's a lot of stuff that's going on around, you know, I did cathedral choir, so that was a little bit, maybe a little bit more structured. So I'm doing five services a week for 13 years yeah. for free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Which in hindsight, but living in London, I would have made a tidy little sum. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, just always remember it being about fun and I think that's the joy in the singing that that was born here mm-hmm. that when it gets a bit busy a bit stressful I just go back to factory settings of I do actually enjoy doing this so were you a good soprano no I was terrible yeah I wanted to be a good soprano yeah I yeah. had the badges <laughs> I forged signatures to try and get the other badges <laughs> I was very keen to be a good boy soprano but it fell apart I think my voice broke when I was about 11 or 12 yeah I think it's yeah. quite early because a lot of great sopranos go on to be very bad <laughs> I could possibly comment but let's just say you're the ugly duckling of singing you well, started off bad, and then you, you but, but then you blossomed. And but I think, as you know, with puberty, yeah, I'm not saying you, as one knows with puberty, <laughs> yeah, that sometimes the time between your voice breaking and settling, you may have thought found something else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that kind of that kind of thing for a couple <laughs> of months could take six months. Yes, and you could find swimming, or you could find tennis, or something. So I was lucky because I literally just went and sat somewhere different in the in the choir. Yeah, my voice literally just fell apart, mm-hmm. um, and so I was able to keep the bug. So I think there's some great musicians and singers that we've lost because in that period where they had to wait for their voice to break, they went and found something else to do. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, you get that in a lot of things, right? Um, I was quite a good, you know, it's, uh, you get that with with a lot of sports. 
where kids uh, are quite talented in their youth and then they kind of get to a teenage years or something like that and start finding other things to do and they kind of give it up yeah. and give it away and it's the same with singing but but it's because of phys- physiological difference I guess with the singing well I mean I used to think uh, the stereotype or the tradition is that in your mid 40s as a bass Not that you, you start to find whether it's physiologically as you say vocally experience knowledge yeah you tend to find your straps and I'm, I'm slightly biased but I'm 45 yeah and um, you know I honestly think I know something right now so yeah yeah when is pink peak time for a, a, a bass baritone I don't know whether it's just a kind of a for the mid 40s because that's a name number that someone plucked out or maybe you've made lots of mistakes and figured a lot of things out and by the time you get to 45 you know a few things mm-hmm. I think there's maybe a bit of a balance of both for me I've gone yeah. through periods where I don't think I've been singing my best. Yeah. And then, to be honest, right now I feel I am. So you, it's Amazing. almost like when, it, when you're lucky and, and the ducks are in a row, you know, you get busy. So so this Sunday, if you want to see uh, Jonathan at his very peak, you definitely want to be getting along on, on Sunday, on Mother's Day. Take on Mother's mum. Day, yes. Let's get all the cheese out. No, I, I rang mum when I was coming back. I said I wanted to put a concert on. Yeah. Um, she hasn't been very well. So it's, it's, to be honest, it's one of the reasons I came, came home this time. We had lots of trips last year cancelled yeah obviously mm-hmm. um, and I said um, I'll do one on Mother's Day um, and she liked that and she told me what she wanted to hear and I told her what I was going to sing just uh-huh. almost similar <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, yeah it's just these these um, gigs are all about having fun so um, you know it's classical music is often just sit there quietly and listen and I want, might get some volunteers up. I might um, yeah, yeah, bring yeah. some students on stage with me that I've heard in master classes. There's a lot of goofing around. There's a lot of English language. So yeah, just wanting to have some fun for a bit. Nice, yeah. nice. I'm, um, with with the language, I mean, you've sung in a multitude of, of different languages um, from uh, all around. You know, lots of different European languages, Eastern European. But you've also sung, of course, in Samoan and in Te Reo Māori. Mm-hmm. You know, and so how. How was that? What did that mean to you? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because um, I think as you get older, it means more. Um, and maybe as you get to know yourself a little bit more, um, I think that's one of just a small segue of what I've really been fascinated about in New Zealand is Te Reo Māori is now, is now a real thing here. Mm, mm. And it's not doesn't feel like a just let's, let's put it on. It feels like people are embracing where we live and where we are. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, ends of emails, beginnings of emails, it just feels like everyone's really conscious of it. I don't think they were that conscious when I was younger. Yeah, totally not. And so now I, I think a, a, a mixture of being older and wanting to know myself more uh-huh. and who I am in this big old world of international blah, blah, what makes, what's my point of difference? Okay, I'm from Dunedin. I'm, both my parents are Samoan. You know, um, I grew up speaking English first. Yeah. And so I had to find the language on my own in a way or through mum and dad I think there's real pride there and also there's nostalgia when you get older you connect with your roots more and and, um, I think when I sing in languages I tend to think of the people that I know who are from that language nice and whether it's Italian, German or French or Russian or I don't know always wanting to be authentic so I'm proud that when I sing I want it to sound like um, a native speaker would understand what I'm talking about yeah yeah, and that's I suppose pride in the craft as much as anything but Mm. Yeah. yeah, so I guess when you do sing in the, those, other, those other languages, you've got to get it right, right? Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, you could be talking about a loved one, and if you say it wrong, you could be talking about chicken. <laughs> so, um, we love chicken. Uh, one of the greatest compliments is when someone comes up and starts speaking to you in that language you've just spoken to them because they think you speak that language. 
um, <laughs> it's slightly terrifying at the moment, but after the fact, you think, okay, I've done a good job because I've made that so authentic. Yeah, through hard work. It's not just I didn't wake up like this. You know, coachings, language coachings. I mean, in London, I can find anyone who speaks any language. And, yeah, of course. Um, and and get some assistance. So it's just yeah. about that pride in your work, I guess. It's a beautiful melting pot, London. Mm. And New Zealand is the same yeah. in, in many ways. Um, what is a professor of the voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tax break. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the fancy word that um, London people say. You know, I'm a coach. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to get lots of little little anagrams on the end of my name like uh, PG Dip <laughs> no no it's just a fancy word for I coach yeah yeah. yeah. so um, it's something I really do genuinely enjoy doing as we spoke off off, um, off the air mm-hmm. it actually makes me really accountable yeah because if I'm telling 10 people they have to do this and then I don't do it that's hypocritical mm-hmm. so I, I honestly feel there's a direct correlation between teaching and me singing better yeah because yeah. I'm asking myself those same questions nice know, if you nice. want to be good do this I go home okay if I want to be good I should do the same yeah and so the the teaching I love it I've got kids I'm fairly uh, immature most of times so I do feel a real connection with young ones and also the fact that I know I really do know what that feels like yeah yeah, at the beginning of the journey yeah and there's so more questions than answers and of course you touched at all the heartstrings of Otepote when you uh, visited your first teacher the other day and uh, when I mentioned you were coming in everybody mentioned that uh, and it was amazing um, and you know there's going to be points in some of your student futures when they look back and see you in the same way you know and you might not have thought about that yet no but that's going to be a thing it's that other thing about um when you have some miles on the clock, I think it's about reflection, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes you're you're just head down, pushing, you know, achievement. And then maybe when you have kids and you you see their own journeys, or you have students, you know, mm-hmm. I was up in Auckland and I sang a song that some my taught, teacher taught me, and, and a young baritone came up and said, "Just so you know, when I sang that song, my teacher said you need to get the recording of Jonathan Amalu." And it just always it felt like this really interesting kind of cycle of I'm the student, um, I become the teacher, inverted commons, and students feel so you have to embrace the legacy in order to be able to give back. And I think that's where I am in my career now. I just yeah. want to, I, I have lots to offer and I'm happy to offer it. Classical music, like no other art form, like in, in terms of like, well, not like no other art form, but w- like what we play at Radio 1, right? We, we, we play music by people that create the music. You create the tone and the sound, but you don't write the work. Have you ever thought about doing that? Yeah, that's really interesting because um, I've always been fascinated by things like jazz where um, you just make it up. I honestly don't know if Free I'd be jazz. able to make it up. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. I mean, I arrange a little bit of music every now and yeah, then. Yeah, you do. Or, yeah. Um, I guess because I'm really conscious of what's happening underneath me, there is a story that's often more important than what I'm singing mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. terms of these... We talked about instrumental music. Yeah. It's, it's the freest thing because you get to choose what you think that music means to you. Yes, as yes. As opposed to me saying it's about a cat and, <laughs> and, and, and a duck, you know, and it has to be because these are the words. Well, in some ways, classical music can be quite restrictive. Um, and so even finding the freedom within that restriction mm-hmm. is the fun that I do. I try and bend the bars. I try and do me, you know, I might breathe where you're not supposed to or I might hold. Ah. In some ways, I'm trying to be free within these restrictions. So I very much understand that there are there are a lot of classical 
I suppose the genre has it has expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, within yeah. that, I do believe the good ones make it theirs, and yeah. that's about as yeah. That's not to say I rewrite Mozart's music. No, no, but, no, um, no. Maybe I interpret through a forty-five-year-old Kiwi. Yeah, and so. does that get equally appreciated as unappreciated? Sometimes, I think it's subconsciously um, appreciated, consciously and subconsciously, because sometimes, as you know, with music, people don't necessarily know what it's doing to them. Yeah, yeah, totally. and I don't mind if they don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't need you to to understand, feel it, see what it does to you maybe two weeks later have an idea or an opinion but I think that for me is what is interesting is, is not necessarily spoon feeding an audience mm-hmm. but giving the information as I see it and then you interpret it as you will that yeah. to me creates a little bit of freedom within restrictive genre yeah I mean that's, and that's why I love music because I get to interpret like you said I get to interpret it's just it. subjective yeah. you and I can sit down and listen to something and have two totally different totally. and that's totally cool same with the visual art as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. visual art. It's a bit like we were talking about music with no words on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But visual art, they're not, it's not telling me what to think. No. And no. I really like that. But I, that's why I kind of don't like going to art openings, because I feel like I don't know art, and the way that I would express what I get from an art, uh, from, from a work, would be ridiculed by those in the know. But, then but I've got what a, is in the know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly right. who really wants to be in the know, if, yeah. you know, if I'm honest? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I wish I could unlearn some of the things I know about classical music, mm-hmm. because then I'd just be able to enjoy it, as opposed to, oh, the, your soft palate should be raised slightly, oh, yeah, and you, the umlaut on your double your, your, your should yeah. be more closed. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how boring is that? You know. It, but sometimes when you know too much, I think it's a bad thing. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I prefer having someone like you coming in and just going, I'm just going to listen to music. And if I feel it, I feel it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. That, to me, is cleaner, uh-huh. pure. But you remember, I won Coral Festival two years in a row. So two years running. Yeah. Back to back. <laughs> yeah, and that's only for intermediate schools. So, therefore, I was only there for two years. I was a late bloomer. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't trying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one, one more thing, and you probably get this a lot, but how, how does one like yourself, um, I mean, I guess I don't know how many shows you play in a year, but I mean, how do you look after your voice? Because your voice is an instrument, m- instrument like, I mean, every, every singer's voice is totally an instrument and, and obviously adds to the music. And I was just talking to a friend of mine who put out an album last week, and, and their vocal and, and their album is under a lot of the layers of the music, right? The, the drums and the guitar and everything is sitting over top of her vocal so her vocal actually leads to being more of, of, of a musical instrument than it does to being at the forefront of the songs um, but you know your, your voice is really important and powerful um, how do you look after it? Yeah I think it's a, a, a it's trial and error in a way I think a lot of people don't speak for two days or, or steam themselves into oblivion or, or um, you know inject themselves with manuka honey or all this mm-hmm. I, I think it's so all that's expensive <laughs> <laughs> uh, propolis is like gold dust, by the way, in the UK. It's hilariously expensive. Uh, yeah. But I think just understanding your body well enough to know what gets you in the right frame of mind or frame of body. And so yeah. for me, um, hydrating a lot. Um, yeah, I won't speak much on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I do a lot of narr- narrating, talking in the show, it's all with Mike. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 so that I don't have to stress myself out with filling a hall, and then yeah. when I go to sing, I let it all out. So, I think it comes with experience. And so you see these young ones, and you think, don't feel you have hard and fast rules now. They're going to evolve as you understand. Mm-hmm. I've got a lower voice; it will need something that's different to a higher voice. And yeah, the more yeah. you start to get to know yourself, um, 
yeah, I suppose just be quiet. Definitely warm up really well. You know, I'm not going to walk sing cold going in. I need to make sure the voice knows where it is or where yeah, I know yeah, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so when you walk, you know, so coming from Otapoti and maybe playing the town hall and stuff, then you go over to the, some of these massive halls and go, how the hell am I going to fill, fill that? How am I, How is my voice going to reach that upper box or that upper whatever, that back layer? I must mean some venues, especially in your early day, must have been quite intimidating. Yeah, and they still are. And it's really interesting hearing younger singers, for example, in the town hall of big spaces. And you can tell in a way that they're trying to fill the space. Yeah. And I resonate with that. Yeah. Um, because I've done it myself. You sit down at the Albert Hall in London, you know, five and a half thousand seater. Amazing. You are going to... St- subconsciously want to make more noise yeah 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 um, and I think you know I'm thinking of that quote by Oscar Wilde be yourself everybody else is already taken um, I'm now learning that if I just do me that's enough yeah and if you can't hear me get a, get a chair closer yeah you know <laughs> yeah. because throwing the voice doesn't create quality no being, being, being my voice and allowing that to be I can make the piano quieter I can make the piano louder if need be you know, I, I'm the things I can control. I can control, but um, that will come with confidence. I think when you realise, yeah, I don't have to fill the space. In some ways, it's more interesting if if I sing and make the audience come to me. Yeah. In oh. terms of oh, what's he saying? That that's maybe an easy way of singing quietly. But um, <laughs> but you just have to understand your instrument. I think really well. Yeah. 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 So um, as you said again, you're you're playing uh, this weekend, this Sunday on Mother's Day at the Town Hall. Um, what does being back in that space mean? Yeah, I was saying at um, the uh, Vice Chancellor's last graduation. I think that was last March. I don't even know what month it is right now. Maybe March. Yeah. Um, and it was really weird because the first time I'd been in there for maybe a couple of years now, and it was just like an old friend. Yeah, you know, even though it's gone a bit fancy with the paint and stuff, I know where everything is backstage. You yeah. know, do you know how? Yes, I do. You know, I've I've sung here in the secondary schools. You were probably leading. The, yeah, the, totally. The singing, I, was, <laughs> I would be in the back row. Um, you know, my capping set shows that were there, all that kind of stuff. This is the only hall that I feel that in the world. Wow. Because sure. I grew up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it feels very familiar, and yet you need to be on your game here you know because this is one of the best acoustics in the country so you know if you sound terrible it will make terrible sound very loud <laughs> so it's the kind of thing it's a friend but it needs my respect and so um that's the excitement of the adrenaline and the fear and and stuff that makes you feel alive as a performer so uh, yeah mm-hmm. i'm really enjoying it right now and your mum's going to be there too. Mum's going to be there, front row. Just yep. I always put them in the same place so I don't have to go looking for them. Yeah, up in the gallery, front row. My dad wants the aisle seat because he's got a sore knee. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah, we've got family flying in, which is really cool because it's my hometown one. So um, yeah, yeah, just it sounds cheesy, just feels right right now. So that, good. that's special. And is it going to be your kids' first time hearing you in there? Um, no, not for. I think my yeah, my daughter wandered up on stage in the last one. Oh, amazing! Which, which people thought amazing. was oh, well done, well played. And I was going, no, I think she just <laughs> saw Dad and thought she'd come up and say hi. Yeah, that's great. I well, love I'm, that. I'm, I'm in the middle of something. Like <laughs> you, you, you want to hug now? Okay. Um, it was interesting. I did something up in Wellington a couple, a couple of um, last month or something. It was my uh, godfather's uh, 80th birthday, and so I sang a few songs, and the kids were in the front row, and. Um, Apparently, Belle and my daughter said, "Oh, I'd forgotten that's what Daddy used to do," because they hadn't sung for so yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Dad was 
Josh was going, oh my gosh, it's so surreal. You're singing again. And it made me realise, yeah, I haven't sung for wow. almost a, a year. Since, since lockdown and beginning of March, I think I've sung one opera. Wow. Six performances. I normally do nine or ten a year. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's special for them. Um, and also, if they need to run around, it's a big space. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is. Oh, last time I was there, the Wiggles were playing. So the Wiggles. Don't yeah. get me started. How did they get in? <laughs> I know. Right? Uh, it was Robert. Well. It was Robert Rackety. I've <laughs> <laughs> got so many friends that are trying to get back into the country because they live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many Wiggles tickets being sold right now. God well, probably are. Thanks for listening to a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.